0: Where are you cowboys and cowgirls at? Hey everybody, this is Dan Hillenbrand and welcome to Modern Cowboy, the podcast for the cowboy lifestyles and businesses around the world. I'm glad you're here, so sit back in your saddle and prepare to be inspired, motivated, educated, and entertained as I interview a new guest each week that embodies the modern cowboy. Hey, welcome to the uh, Modern Cowboy podcast today. I've got to... uh... Give a shout-out to our our sponsor today, and that is Nine Lazy Three Knives. Uh, Mike Gibson over there uh, makes amazing knives. I just received my my folding knife called the one Arm Bandit. These are super cool. You can open it with just one hand, the way that the uh, tip is designed. He built one of these knives for Miranda Lambert and the drummer for Shine Down. And then, of course, the famous uh, Dale Grisby, uh, he said, hey, you got to get one of these or ain't no cowboys. So I figured I better get one. And I got one. I absolutely love them. So check out uh, nine lazy three knives on Instagram. Uh, very, very cool handmade products from a family that's rich in uh, ranching uh, tradition. Hey, today on the uh, podcast, I've got a special guest. Uh, I'm really excited to talk to him because it's, it's a, something I know very little about. I, I wish I knew more about it because I, I wish I was raised uh, in it, um, but I wasn't. So uh, just give me, a, 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 help me welcome CJ um, Aragon to, uh, to the podcast. He is a uh, rodeo coach at Seoul Ross College down in uh, Texas. CJ, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks, Dan. Thanks for having me on. I, I really appreciate the opportunity
0: yeah uh, so let's just kind of if you could give us a, a, a an idea of, of what goes on uh, as a as a rodeo coach and and how how that works through the college. A lot of people don't uh, aren't aware that you know there's that there's rodeo teams. Um, I know that like I had mentioned when I was growing up, I wish i'd have been able to be on a rodeo team. There was a, a high school that was not too far from us that had a rodeo team, and I always wanted to go there. But uh, on the college level, it's, uh, it's uh, another deal. And so if you could just tell us, you know, a little bit of history on you and, uh, you know, what led you to being a, a rodeo coach and uh, to start from there.
1: Boy, uh, I kind of had probably a, a pretty inconspicuous beginning for a rodeo coach. I actually graduated from New Mexico State with a journalism degree and, Went to work for the USTRC and Denny Gentry in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Uh, worked for Super Looper Magazine for, for nine years. And the whole time I was, I was rodeoing in the turquoise circuit. I was steer wrestling and occasionally team roping. And, you know, working for the magazine, well, uh, I was doing private steer wrestling lessons at my, at my house. And I had nine consecutive state champions in the state of New Mexico uh, that started steer wrestling with me there. And I was working on a story for super looper magazine on horseshoeing. And I went over to Mesa lands community college in Tucumcari, New Mexico to interview a bunch of the farrier science instructors and get some pictures and, you know, do some research for the story. And, uh, they had a opening for a rodeo coach position over there and came home, thought, man, that'd be, that'd be kind of cool to do. Talked to my wife a little bit about it, and I applied, and uh, ended up with a job. Started in July, and I took over a program that was ranked 117th in the nation, and um, it was a pretty steep learning curve because when there's only 130 schools in the nation, so um, that have rodeo programs. So we had a long way to go to to improve, and I was there for six years. Um, we won four men's regional titles, two women's regional titles, and sent 54 kids to the college finals in six years. So that's kind of how I got my my start coaching. It was it wasn't something that I'd planned on doing. It wasn't something that uh, that just you know just kind of happened by accident. I was I was actually working for for Super Looper and and doing a story on horseshoeing and kind of found something that uh, I'm probably a lot more passionate about than than writing stories every day for a magazine.
0: Well, that is, that is amazing. And what's interesting, I had no idea that you'd work for uh, the world series and super looper magazine. Uh, That's, that's just so, so interesting. Now, how many colleges did you say have rodeo programs?
1: There's a, at the time when I started, there was 130. I think it's, I think it's actually gone up. I think there's like 132 now that have rodeo programs.
0: Now with, with uh, you know, the, what I feel is the increasing popularity of rodeo myself, and, and I think a lot of people would agree uh, with the, the PBR, uh, you know, being at the level it's at now, um, with the added money uh, for the athletes in, in rodeos and, and just all the changes that have been happening. Is, is, is any of that trickle back to the college level in terms of like scouts and stuff yet? Or is that something that you see happening? How does that work?
1: I think it's, it's changed a lot just since I've been coaching. This is my 13th year coaching and, um, with social media. Um, when I started, I was one of the first coaches that started a a Facebook page for, for a rodeo team. And now almost every rodeo team in the country has a Facebook page and they use it to recruit and, you know, keep people up to date, up to date on what's going on with their program, you know, help get sponsors for their rodeos, help, you know, you know, Get their kids out there in front of people, but I think it's also helped a lot um, with high school kids and stuff as far as being able to recruit them. I can recruit internationally without leaving my office. I can send messages to kids from Australia, Canada, um, Mexico, and uh, and recruit internationally. And the nice thing about it is, with the changes with the PRCA and the PBR and stuff like that, um, a lot of those kids want to come to the United States now to rodeo, to be part of the PBR, to be part of the PRCA, especially now that the PRCA has expanded into Mexico and, and into Canada, you know, that, that that's opened a lot of doors for us to, to recruit kids from those countries as well.
0: You know, and, and that's uh, one of the reasons when I, I got the URL for, for the modern cowboy is I got modern uh because I, the the cowboy is not just an iconic figure in, America, it's it's worldwide, and that's so interesting. You know, you're talking about being able to recruit right from your desk uh, uh, around the world to get these uh, other people that are passionate about the cowboy lifestyle and rodeo in the sport of rodeo.
1: Yes, sir. I'm. Um, you know, I've had Australians. I've had a lot of Australians have a lot of success on my teams here in the last couple of years. Uh, I've seen a, a lot more people from Mexico that we've we've been able to recruit. Um, and then obviously the Canadians have, have had a strong presence, uh, in rodeo for a long time, but it's, it's pretty neat to, uh, to be able to bring those kids in and, and, uh, have them in your program and, and, uh, see how well they do and then see some of the things they do different, uh, you know, the Australians and and Canadians and stuff. Everyone brings a little bit to the table that you can learn from as well.
0: Yeah, that's, that's, that's really, really great. And you're, and then you're just building, uh, a worldwide community within the uh, this culture, which I think is which I think is great. Now, are you? Uh, you said you still wrestled for quite a few years.
1: Um, I've had my PRCA card since 1996. Why? And uh, I've placed at a pro rodeo every year since '96. And you're still going. I I placed at Odessa this spring. Uh, yeah, I've i uh, haven't gone much the last few years, but. Um, I still go, I enter with some of my kids every now and then, and uh, I go and haze for quite a few of them. Um, I've team roped at a few rodeos, but uh, probably won't be long before I I hang it up and probably start judging some rodeos and stuff like that. But, you know, I still love to, to go and, and be around, like you said, the, the lifestyle and, and the, the people you meet at rodeos are just fantastic. And, you know, getting to go all over the country and stuff is has opened a lot of doors for me, so it's one of those things that uh, I'm going to do it as long as I can.
0: Yeah. Now, in terms of uh, coaching, I mean, it's just like any other sport. You've got to be able to coach and push and persuade athletes to, to be their best and do their best. And of course, they've got to have their own drive as well. Uh, do you have specific you know techniques, uh, things that you've developed, or anybody that you follow uh, in the in that in that space of either coaching? motivation, uh, whatever it may be that you use in particular?
1: Boy, I, I have hundreds of resources that I use for coaching. Um, one of the things that I did when I first started coaching is I went back and actually went back and got my master's in coaching education from Ohio. Um, if I was going to be a rodeo coach, probably need to do, uh, you know, figure out a way to be the best coach possible. You know, that, you know, give these kids the best opportunity. And to do that, I figured, you know, having a a master's in coaching education would probably be a a pretty good way to go. The great thing was when I was going through that program, um, I was in there with coaches from around the country from all levels and all different sports. And I've, I've been, been really fortunate or really blessed that, um, I've got to go spend time, um, with the Boise State football program and see how how they run their program and how they do things, how they recruit, how they run their meetings, how they run their practices. Did that, oh, it's seven or eight years ago. And then when Chris Peterson was still the coach there, two summers ago, I went and spent a week up in Colorado Springs with the U.S. Olympic wrestling team just mm-hmm. to see how they run their program, how they run uh, their practices and and their conditioning and, and handle motivation and stuff like that. Um, you know, I try to, I try to bring outside the thinking to the rodeo because I think in rodeo, a lot of the things that we've done, you know, practices have been run the same way for a long time because that's how everybody's always done it. Where other sports think outside the box a lot more because they're, they're limited on time. They're limited on, you know, NCAA has, has time restrictions on how long you can practice and stuff. So they try to, to maximize their time. Well, we've, we've been trying to do that now with our rodeo practices and we've tried to make it to where the kids are getting the most out of it. Uh, every day they're in the practice pen instead of just going out there and and being in the practice pen and not being very efficient. We can, we've tried to make our practices a lot more efficient. We've tried to make it more of a scheduled, more of a routine, more of a plan, Practice every day we're today we're going out to the practice pin and we are working on uh this specific area mm-hmm. and tomorrow we're going out to the practice pin we're working on this specific area and Wednesday we're going out there and we're going to tie those two areas together, and we're going to start to see results because we're we are picking on specific areas to get better on instead of just going out there and and uh and hoping to get better by just going through the motions right um then we also have I'm I'm a big huge believer in goals and uh and setting goals and and uh and then breaking them down into to really small steps. And we try to get our students to to believe in that program as well, to where, you know, this is our end goal, but to do that we've got to go through these steps to get there, and then these are our daily steps to get to this point, these are our daily steps to get to this point. And I think that gives them a little more direction. And then the, probably the final thing that we do is, um, I, I don't want to say I don't have a lot of team rules because we do have some rules, but we lay a lot of expectations for the students. And from what I've seen, teenagers, young adults are a lot more eager to meet your expectations. If I say this is what I expect of you daily, they're a lot more apt to go out there and try to to meet those expectations than if I just say, Hey, this is what you have to do today. You know, if you say, Hey, this is what the guys that are winning, these are, this is what Tyson Durfee, this is what, you know, Sage Kimsey and these guys are doing on a daily basis. This is what you're going to have to do to keep up with them. These are the expectations. If you want to be at that level, Um, those kids will work for that. Yeah. They won't, they won't necessarily go out there and work for it if, if they're told they have to do that. But if you, if you lay it out to them and, and then show them some, some of Tyson's videos or some of Sage's workouts and stuff and say, hey, these are what these guys are doing on a daily basis to get to the level and stay at the level they're at. Here you abs- go. Let's, abs- let's get after it.
0: Absolutely. And, and again, that, that just goes right back to the evolution of the sport. Uh, and where it's where it's been elevated to now and where I think it's going to I personally just think it's going to be elevated you know just right up there with all of the sports eventually it's training these guys to be and and gals to be ambassadors uh, in the sport coming out of college and and to aspire to to retain those levels of achievement in the sport and then financially too which which rightly so they should be rewarded for that uh, in my opinion anyway you know hopefully not have, uh, the displays like in the UFC we had at the end of that, uh, the fight here the other night, cause I love the UFC, but the stuff like that, uh, it, it is, I don't think necessarily good for this, the sport. And I, and I think rodeo has the opportunity to, to really set an example for a lot of other sports just based on so many of the, uh, beliefs and values that, uh, the cowboy Western culture, you know, hold dear to their hearts. So if that makes sense.
1: Yes, sir. I I'm I believe believe that hundred percent. You know, um that's one of the things that that differ with, with college rodeo athletes versus other student athletes is you know, a lot of student athletes, like the football team here at Sol Ross, they go out there and they go to their workouts, they go to their team meetings, they go to their practices. Um, our kids have to take care of their horses every day. They have to get up, you know, do that before they go take care of themselves. They have to do that on the weekends um, that accountability and that, the dedication that it requires to be, you know, a top student athlete on the rodeo level is probably a little bit more than a lot of other sports, just because, you know, not only are you taking care of yourself, you're taking care of your horse, you've got to take care of your practice cattle, there's there's a lot more to it than I think a lot of people realize, and, um, and I think that's what some of our it's, it's pretty exciting for me because a lot of the, the young people that I see coming up, there's, there's truly a lot of really great people coming up through our sport. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's always exciting when, when you get to work with those type of people and, and get to be involved with them as well.
0: Yeah. And again, for it to grow, we've got to continue to grow that, the fan base. And I think that just adds to that, the uh, you know, more developed and, and informed and uh, just polished uh, athletes. I think that that uh, just lends itself to, to attracting, you know, more fans to the sport, because like we talk about on on this podcast all the time is just the, the image of, of the cowboy is just no matter who you are, it's burned in just about everybody's heart somewhere. And I just think that's, you know, critical to to grow the fan base and get people to understand it more. And, and I think that that's uh, just a, a, a real noble thing, you know, that, that you guys do through these colleges. I, it's, It's just, it's it's glad, I'm glad to hear that at least two more colleges have rodeo teams uh, and it'd be great to, uh, to just see more and more get them.
1: You know, um, that's the thing is with college rodeo is most of the schools that have college rodeo teams are, are Western states. And uh, if I think there just needs to be more awareness with the the National Intercollegiate Rodeo Association, I think there's, there's opportunity to grow it some. Um, especially at a lot of the ag colleges around the country. It's just Mm -hmm. that uh, having the the students step up and take the leadership role to get some of these programs started is, is what it takes. Um, You know, that's one of the neat things about being here at Sol Ross is I'm in the Everdee Turner building right now uh, as I do this interview and Everdee Turner was the uh, gentleman that uh, organized the first meeting for college rodeo ever um, and started the whole association I believe it was in back in the 40s, and you know our our school has the the building named after him, so that's that's pretty neat. And you know there's you know like Sam Houston's one of the, the storied programs, and and then University of Arizona and Cal Poly are some of the programs that were you know uh, involved in in starting the program. Well, you've got them all over the country, and uh, you know if you can if they could just get a little more awareness out there, you know, each school and the individuals, I think they could, I think they could actually have some more schools and, and continue to grow the association.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I agree. And I, I, and I, hopefully that's what we see happen. And I, I, I can really see it happen just with the popularity of, uh of the, uh, you know, rodeo and Western sports and, and where the PBR has been able to go. Uh, and uh, I'm just looking forward to watching it, uh, to, to grow and, and, uh, see where it goes. Now, um, you, are you originally from Texas? Did you say, or
1: no, I, I grew up in Northern Idaho. Oh, okay. In, uh, in Kami, Idaho, up on the Clearwater river in the Northern panhandle. Um, in high school, I was more of a uh, traditional sports guy. I played, played football in high school, um, and basketball, uh, ran track, and high school rodeoed as well. Uh did win my brother and I won the nineteen ninety-three state championship in Idaho in team roping. Oh,
0: nice.
1: And then I went to college in Idaho for two years on rodeo scholarship at Lewis Clark State College. Uh, my first two years were spent up there. Um I actually lived with Daryl and Joyce Sewell uh when I was going to school and Daryl went to the NFR in nineteen seventy four and nineteen seventy five in the steer wrestling, but then he went like Fifteen or sixteen times hazing for guys at the NFR as well, and uh, I can't say enough great things about Daryl and Joyce and and the type of mentors they were for me. Um, They they gave me a a huge opportunity up there uh, to become a better bulldogger, probably better person. You know, Daryl used to wake me up at five in the morning, and we'd go out and do chores, and I'd go to school, and then I'd come home and I'd go to work and and just the work ethic and stuff that, uh, that he helped me with. And then basically teaching me how to practice correctly. Um, which I think is, is kind of a lost art with a lot of people. Um, you know, it was, that was, that was huge for, for my, my development as a, as a student athlete. And then, uh, I went up there for two years and, uh, decided it was pretty cold in Idaho and wanted to to move South where I could, uh, could do stuff kind of year round. So I transferred to New Mexico State because they actually had a, a good program for what I was majoring in, and uh, and I could still call it rodeo. So then that's how I ended up at New Mexico State.
0: Okay, and then from New Mexico, that's when you ended up starting uh, getting into the coaching and went to Ohio, and then that that when you moved to, to Texas or?
1: Well, I um, I went to New Mexico State. Was there for two years. Um, my, my senior year in college, I finished second in the nation in steer wrestling and college finals are in June. Two weeks later is when I started working for Denny at the USTRC there in Albuquerque. And that's when Denny still owned the USTRC. And then shortly after that's when he sold it. Well, then, uh, I stayed on with super looper magazine, which they left in Albuquerque and I was there for nine years. And, um, and then I went and coached in Tucumcari, New Mexico at Mesa Lines Community College for six years. And while I was there is when I went in, uh, went back to Ohio and got my my master's in coaching. Gotcha. Okay. And then I, uh, I went to Odessa and coached at Odessa uh, Community College in Texas for five years and then had the opportunity to come down here uh, to Sol Ross this fall and started here. So this is the first time I've worked for a university where I actually get to have students for four years. Um, at mm-hmm. Mesa lands and Odessa, they were both two year schools. Okay. So I had students for two years and then, uh, then I had to, you know, basically start rebuilding again. And that's, what's, what's pretty exciting about being here at Sol Ross is I now have the opportunity to have students for four years, which for me is, is, uh, is really exciting because then I get to see basically their, their full development Um, Like last year at Odessa, I had seven kids make the college finals. All seven of them had graduated. So I was going to basically, you know, went from having a top 10 team in the nation to having a team of all freshmen again, if I would have, if I would have stayed there. If I would have had that same group here, I would have a top 10 team in the nation and I'd have them all returning. So that's, that's pretty exciting.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now, thinking about uh, rodeo there's so many events in it so and you coach all the events correct yes sir mm-hmm. you know so that's different than say like football or baseball where there's a lot of different positions but everybody's playing in the same game so if you got guys you're coaching in bull riding uh steer wrestling tie down rope and team rope and barrel racing breakaway roping uh whatever you know other events how do you uh, organize that and, and you know and just make that make that work with with uh, all the different athletes
1: well we have um like this afternoon we'll have a a team meeting and we'll go over our practice schedule for the week and we have set practice times for every event and um one of the things i do is i kind of keep notes on what i believe each student needs to work on so then every day in practice when we get out there I know so and so needs to work on scoring I know so and so needs to work on their follow through. I know this person needs to work on their markouts, and when we get out to the practice pin that's what I make sure we focus on for that individual each day um, one of the the other great things is you know I've had a a lot of really good students come through my program, and a lot of those kids come back and help with with my other you know with my events i've had uh, Sydney Blanchard's made the NFR several times I think she's made it three times in the barrel racing and in the past She's come back and helped with my barrel racers. I've had uh, Ty Wallace and and uh, Jordan Spears have made it in the bull riding and they've come back and and helped with my bull riders in the past and you know It's it's really nice when you get a lot of your your former students that will come back and tell these tell your current students it's like Yeah, these are the same things we did these are the, you know, this is what you need to be doing to get to our level. And, uh, I think that's, that's one of the huge advantages I think. And there's a few programs in the country. If you look at Panhandle state up in Oklahoma with their saddle bronc riders, they've got a great coach and, uh, he gets his alumni involved and they have their saddle bronc riding school up there. And, and every year they have a great group of saddle bronc riders because, because of the involvement of their alumni and and stuff. And I think that's one of the things that, uh, I would like to see more in the sport of rodeo is, is some of these guys that have made it Mm -hmm. coming back and giving back to the kids that are just starting out. And I know there's a, there's a handful of them that do a fantastic job of it, right? But I think that there's more of those guys that, that could help develop and and bring our sport to a, to, to an even higher level if, you know, just donate their time, uh, a few times a year. I know I've worked with the, uh, Ace High Rustock Academy, which is, um, uh, survey rodeo company helps a lot with that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they do a, a rough stock school. Um, and they get, you know, guys like Tim O'Connell and Clint Johnson and Richie champion and Cody and Heath DeMoss and Jacobson Sterling Crawley, Taos Muncie, all these guys donate their time. They'll come for a weekend and help out the young bareback and saddle bronc riders, uh, get started. And, uh, I think that's one of the things that in the future, you're going to start to see some of these kids perform at a high level even sooner because you've got these, these guys that, you know, were multiple world champions that are coming back and giving back and shortening the learning curve of these other kids. Right. And now if, if these same kids that receive that will turn around and in turn, you know, pay it forward as well. I think, uh, I think it could really help grow our sport to audiences and, uh, you know, and people that wouldn't normally be involved in rodeo.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I agree. And and I think, too, with the money being increased, that the athletes are being paid, because that's a big part of it. I know that, you know, there's a lot of guys that go down the road and it's just, you know, paycheck to paycheck and paycheck to credit card. And uh, the the more that they're able to be, you know, compensated for what they do, I think that, I mean, I think that that's, that's going to help.
1: Yep, I I agree. Um, you know, I think the new, I don't think he's the commissioner, but CEO of the uh, of the PRCA is doing some great things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's, he's kind of mending a lot of fences, I think that uh, have probably needed to be mended for a while. And I think the, the great thing about that is he kind of came in with an outsider's perspective, instead of instead of bringing somebody from within the system, they brought somebody totally outside and he was able to look at the big picture. Right. But the thing he's also done is he's, he's brought in a lot of these sponsors that have kind of competed against each other or, uh, and kind of brought in a non-traditional look for rodeo where, you know, I think it's, it's going to help grow the sport as well because he's, he's not afraid to go out there and, uh, and try to bring in some, some ideas that are fresh to the sport that'll help grow the payout will help grow the sponsorships will help grow the contestant recognition which are all things that we're going to need to, to grow or to, kin- to continue to grow the sport.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, um, we're, we're kind of getting close to, to the, to the end, but, uh, a little bit, little, give us a little information about it. Is there something about you that, that, uh, uh, you want to tell us that nobody knows anything that, uh, we'd be surprised to learn about you?
1: Um, I'm a huge fly fisherman. I love to fly fish. Nice. Um, I grew up up in Idaho fly fishing. Um, I've got an uncle that runs a fly shop up in Idaho falls and and guides. And, uh, every year when we go up to the college finals in Casper, Wyoming, I, I spend probably two or three days out on the water fly fishing. And, and now I live down here in Southwest Texas where, uh, there's, there's nowhere even close to go fly fishing. So, (laughs) um, but yeah that's that's one thing not very very many people know about me is that uh that i love to love to fly fish and, and uh do it every chance i get
0: very nice do you do you have a a favorite uh, hat brand that you like or hat that you wear
1: you know uh currently i have a uh american hat uh nice. is the one i i use right now uh that i primarily wear um, kind of depends. But yeah, that's the one I've wore for. I've ha- I've got a straw and a felt of theirs. So,
0: nice, nice. How about boots? You, you have a any favorite brand of boots or?
1: Um, Arriet, I love Arriet boots. Very cool. So.
0: And how about how about jeans? You you, uh, fond of <laughs> fond of one brand or? Uh, Wrangler.
1: Wrangler, There you go. And then the what, funny what? thing is, I love Wrangler shirts and cinched or uh, Wrangler jeans and cinched shirts. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, I like- and
0: No, I I know I know cuz I love I love cinch jeans, you know, and I'm yeah. kind of a cinch jean guy and then I, I love the the George Strait Wrangler line too, so.
1: Yeah. It it's Well, it's- when I Go like ahead. the competition jeans that the Wrangler makes right now. They're they're the ones I really like.
0: Oh yeah, the the oh. they're like the kind of like the com- they're they're a comfort fit, they're like the athletic cut kind of deal. Mhm.
1: Yep. Yeah. yeah, very nice.
0: Yeah. Um, how about, uh, cowboy movies? You got any favorite, uh,
1: well, I have a four-year-old daughter and every time we get a chance, we watch Lonesome Dove. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She, she, she was watching it the other day with, with her grandpa and was told me that she had to explain it to him cause he didn't understand Lonesome Dove. So, <laughs> uh, she's probably one of the, I don't know, probably get me in trouble when she starts school, but she can, she can sit there and, and watch half of, uh, you know, six hours of Lonesome Dove straight through on a rainy day and, and, uh, loves it.
0: So that's, that's so awesome. So awesome. How many kids do you have?
1: Uh, my wife and I just have one daughter. We were married for, for 12 years. It's kind of a, it's kind of a crazy story. We were married for 12 years and, uh, we tried for years when we first, first got married to have kids. And we went to doctors, three doctors across the country. And finally they told us one day that, uh, there was a 99.9% chance that we would never have kids. And a week later is when I got offered my first coaching job there at Mason So we figured, well, God has a different plan for us. Instead of having one, one kid, we've now got, you know, 20 plus kids to take care of. And, and, uh, so we kind of went on with that and basically didn't even worry about having kids for years. And when we moved to Odessa, my wife one day was like, uh, I'm tired and I'm putting on weight. Need to go in and get my physical. And she went in and they told her she was pregnant. And she's like, no, uh, <laughs> you don't understand. I can't be. And they're like, no, you don't understand. You are. <laughs> so at, uh, at 40 years old, we actually had our first child at 40. And after being told 99.9% chance that we could never have kids. And uh, so we're we're pretty blessed to have a little, uh, little four-year-old daughter now, Megan, uh, Lauren Megan.
0: That's so awesome. Yep. So so awesome. Very cool. You now your wife I think you had mentioned before she's originally from Arizona?
1: She's originally from Arizona. Um we actually went to school at New Mexico State and we never met each other uh there while we were going to school there. Um she was a an ag student and all the ag classes are down at the bottom of the hill and I was a journalism student, and all my classes are up on top of the hill we knew all the same people. We, we did a lot of the same things. I didn't hang out at very many barrel races at the time. So I didn't really, uh, didn't meet her in college. And then we, after I graduated, we were actually at an amateur rodeo and we were, um, we had both won checks at the rodeo and we were waiting at the secretary's office to get our checks. And that's how we actually met the first time. No kidding. And actually the second time as well. (laughs) Um, so we were, Yeah, that's, that's how we've, we finally met.
0: Yeah. What a great story. Great story. Well, Hey, CJ, I really appreciate you, you know, taking the time and coming on and, uh, you know, I'm just, uh, excited to, you know, continue to watch rodeo and and watch it grow and, and, uh, just, uh, you know, they're so blessed to have, you know, someone like you that's uh, helping lead the charge and, in you know, coaching and training these, uh, future rodeo athletes and, uh, it's just very, very exciting, and hopefully somebody will listen to this that uh, maybe had wanted to get into rodeo and uh, didn't know how, but uh, they get a little more insight into it and and, uh, and 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 get some started in it, or they become a fan of it too.
1: Yeah. Well, if, if they want more information on, on uh, college rodeo, there's college rodeo has a website. It's uh, collegerodeo.com. Mm-hmm. and it actually has contact information for every rodeo coach in the country on there. So, okay. um, if they're interested in college rodeo, I'd have them go to college rodeo.com and, and look up some schools that are close to them or look up some schools that they're interested in and they can get directly in touch with the coaches they need to talk to.
0: Perfect. Perfect. Well, Hey CJ, thanks again. I appreciate it. And, uh, look forward to just, uh, you know, watching the, the future rodeo grow and, uh, and then we'll stay in touch. And next time I'm, I'm down in Texas, maybe I uh, can look you
1: up and meet in person. Yeah, come down here to Alpine and visit us.
0: Absolutely.
1: Well, All thank right. you, Dan. I appreciate it. Thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, you're you welcome. Where cowboys and cowgirls uh-huh. at? Take care.
2: Mm-hmm. Every Friday afternoon, I hitch up the trailer. Saddle up old rock and ice down a cooler I'd drive that old back road Until it ends At the rope and pin We got them rusted out pickups And fancy rigs Twenty thousand dollar horses Then there's my own stick Although we're all the same The minute we ride in To the rope and pin never can tell someday i just might be we'll turn a few steers and we'll tell a few lies kick back in the saddle and philosophize most of life's problems yeah we're gonna solve down at the rope and Yeah, we don't do it for the money Yeah, we're always broke Just ask Clint what he paid a rope Now he's lost a dozen wives and Half the fingers on his hands To the rope and pen And it takes a little skill And a little luck If you can talk smack you can back it up Oh, but we're all friends no matter who wins, down at the rope and pay. Well I know, play your speed, But i give her hell, hey you never can tell Someday I just might be We'll turn another pin of steers, tell a few more lies Drink another beer and hypothesize most of life's problems. By God, we're going to solve them down at the Roping Pen. We'll see y'all again next weekend down at the Roping Pen. Down at the Roping